Hey, it's Jay, and I wanted to talk to you quickly about something that has remained behind the scenes for quite a while, and I'm trying to get better at talking about it, which is the fact that I offer one-to-one -one coaching for creative people. So if you like this show, if you like my approach or my thinking, my, my creative abilities, you can hire me to become your coach, whether it's one useful hour asynchronous Voxer access to me for 60 days, Voxer's voice memos, or more in-depth and dedicated coaching and collaboration. I work with high integrity and quality obsessed creators to create remarkable podcasts and keynote speeches. I love what I do, and yet I don't really talk about it publicly that much. So you might be thinking, what does Jay do to earn a living? Like, I think he does some of this stuff and money happens. No, I serve other creators. I say the phrase, make what matters on this show. Well, I help clients make what matters. I do that through the membership creator kitchen, but also through my one-to-one -one coaching. And I'm just bad at talking about it. And I'm trying to get better at that. I've worked with people like Jenny Blake, who is the host of two award-winning podcasts with more than 2 million downloads. And she's a globally touring keynote speaker. I've worked with Shane Snow, who has bylines in The New Yorker and GQ. He's an award-winning journalist and a multiple-time founder. He has three best-selling books. I've worked with people like Mia Qualiarello, who works for Flipboard as their head of the creator community they're building there and previously worked for Apple and YouTube and Viacom. She's a veteran creator and she was just getting started with her newsletter, with her podcast, with her on-mic abilities. And so we worked together twice, actually. So if you appreciate what I do here or elsewhere, if you want to make a podcast that could only come from you or you want to deliver a speech that resonates deeply and says what matters in your heart, in your soul, to your audience, I'd love to help you get there through my one-to-one -one coaching. You can go to jayaconzo.com and click the link, coaching, at the very top, or check your show notes for a link. Hey, it's Jay. It's time for another One Shot, which is about storytelling, how to communicate with greater impact, and how to make things that truly matter to your audience. The name of this One Shot is How to Define Quality. Sitting on a stage to talk to some marketers, as Hollywood writers do from time to time, Aaron Sorkin once said the following. If you prepared beef the way that you're sure would appeal to the most people, it would be a McDonald's hamburger every time. I try to write what I like, what I think my friends would like, and then I keep my fingers crossed that enough people like it that I get to keep doing it. Sitting in his apartment in New York City, talking to me for my podcast, as internet writers do from time to time, Tim Urban of the blog Wait But Why once said the following, Calling it content really takes the fun and the art and the joy out of writing. I try to write for a stadium of Tim's. Sitting alone in my office, talking to myself, as I do from time to time, I just now, before this episode, said the following. I don't know what I'm going to talk about today for the millionth episode of the show, so maybe I'll just create something that I like. And what I like right now is you. So I thought I'd talk about you, or rather talk about the notion of audience, because I like my audience. I like you. It's adorable, right? We're, we're so cute together. But what I like about you is you like what I like, and you like to feel the way I like to feel. If you don't, you wouldn't be here for more than one or two seconds. And if you're new here, by the way, uh, give me a shot. But also, after I take my shot, feel free to walk away if you don't like it. I'm totally cool with that, and I'm also not going to change. 
I like my audience because my audience not only likes me, they are like me. Listen to that again. It it makes sense. I promise. It's not that you like me. It's that you're like me. I like what I like. And so I think before I create stuff, I'll create about that stuff. I also like feeling the way I like feeling. So I think before I write or promote anything that I write or promote, I want to ensure I feel that stuff. If I don't like it or I don't like how it makes me feel, I won't do it, even if it's supposedly what works. But lately, I'm having more and more conversations with creators who don't like their own audiences. And why? Because all they pursue is what works. I think the way you package and position your work publicly should create useful friction. Marketers love to talk about decreasing friction. And yeah, sure, if someone is the exact right type of person that you want to serve, Make it clear how they can take action after action with you after they enter your atmosphere and make it breathtakingly easy to do so. But what shouldn't be the case is that everyone who enters your atmosphere and takes a breath is able to breathe. Good work says to the audience, want to be part of this world? You got to breathe what I breathe. I breathe creativity, craft, and story, at least professionally. More personally, I'd say I breathe Italian food and basketball and rolling on the floor with my kids also oxygen. Because I breathe that professional stuff, if you enter my atmosphere and can't tolerate it, you'll suffocate. You'll immediately leave. You don't like my humor. You don't like my style. You don't like what I stand for. And that's fine. What I want isn't for everyone to survive or thrive in this little world that I'm building. What I want is for the right people, for you to take one quick inhale and go, ah, that's the stuff. I like it here. I've created useful friction. I've created an atmosphere capable of sustaining life, but not all life, just those who breathe what I breathe. For example, I could position our membership, the Creator Kitchen, as a place where you can quote 10x your audience growth. But instead, my co-founder Melanie and I talk about things like pushing yourself creatively or experiencing quote creative momentum. Creative momentum is a phrase we use all the time, creative strengths, creative growth. We built a membership around the idea of personal creative growth. And by being loud and proud about that, it creates some useful friction. We know that phrases like that won't appeal to the people who first need to see, quote, big business results on offer. The Creator Kitchen, and most especially the Kitchen's homepage, only appeals to the people who already understand why they should care about personal creative growth. Quote, The Kitchen is a membership for quality-obsessed creators to experience consistent creative growth, unquote. It's honest, pure, no walking back what we want or believe. That type of useful friction straightens the marketing funnel if you need some marketing jargon to get it, which you don't, because you're here, breathing this damn refreshing air with me. So ask yourself, how do I straighten my marketing funnel, not just expand it? Do I practice what works or do I create what I like? Am I obsessing over reach at the expense of resonance? Am I leading with my beliefs and my personal perspective loudly and proudly or do I walk back on what I truly care about? How can I create more useful friction? The reason some creator friends of mine are telling me that they don't like their own audiences is because they're doing whatever it takes or what someone else said it takes to grow. They're following some generalized sense of what they should create instead of their own sense. When you blindly pursue, quote, what works, 
obsessing over reach, you might not like who comes your way. And it's easy to grumble about the audience sizes of people whose content you don't like, but you wouldn't want that audience to begin with, would you? The people who respond positively to that content are probably not the people you'd enjoy serving. They don't like what you like. They like that other junk. There are more popular ways of doing the work that I do, but I'm trying to help a specific group of people in a specific way. And more so, I'm trying to create things that I wish existed, things that I like and make me feel the way I like feeling. What we create has consequences. Do you like what you create? Do you like who comes your way? The calculus isn't too complicated here. Pick your audience, pick your future. Let's talk for a second about how this actually works in our daily lives, because it's one thing to say that, it's another thing to execute on that. This is about defining what quality means in your specific situation. Quality is contextual. You and I can disagree about the quality of a piece or a project or a shirt or a cuisine or city or basketball player or song or anything. Quality is in the eye of the beholder. It's contextual. So let's learn to contextualize it. To do that, we can ask three questions and adopt two habits. The three questions are what Seth Godin calls the core of design thinking. Who is it for? What is it for? How will I know if it's working? This is really useful when you work with other people, aligning your boss, teammates, clients, or other stakeholders. But it's also useful to stay focused yourself, grabbing control of that inner narrator who might otherwise lose sight of what you're trying to create. Or worse, start inviting your maker monsters into your day, like imposter syndrome and scope creep and writer's block. No thank you. So let's ask, who is it for? It can't be for everyone. We might need to define the demographics of our audience, but we definitely need to define the psychographics. What are their shared values and beliefs? What are their current struggles and challenges? What goals do they have? Who is it for? Next, what is it for? It can't be for everything. The work has to have a purpose for others, not just for us. Self-expression is its own reward, sure. And improvement is a worthy goal to keep improving by shipping your work. Those are the defining characteristics of a personal practice. But if we want to move others, we have to take into account how they're already moving. What are they doing which needs fixing or enhancing? What problems do they have? How are they already trying to solve those problems? And why is that not good enough? What vision do you have for something better which comes through in your content? The single biggest reason content fails is because it's trying to solve our problems, not the audience's. So what is it for for them? Then ask once more with a different spin, what is it for for me? If we first address the audience's needs, then it's the right time to ask ourselves how we fit into the equation. What's it for for them? What's it for for you? Write out one sentence for each. And finally, how will you know if it's working? Look for signal, not final success. If it's a test, if it's new, if it's creative, we are not looking for that big number or outcome. Not yet. We're not looking for growth. We're looking for a sign that what we've created is growable. You can substitute growth, by the way, for any objective as you see fit. Early on, we just need justification that we should invest more confidently and consistently in this thing. So imagine being on a beach. You walk to the beach with a metal detector in your hand looking for buried treasure. You could dig a million holes all over the place or randomly pick one spot and decide to dig really deeply. 
but either approach is pretty wasteful and pretty risky. Instead of finding treasure, our first step is actually hearing beeps. That's what the metal detector is for. We just need to hear some beeps, some response, in this case, from the metal detector, in our works case, from the audience, some response that what we like is what they like too. That what we're finding is potentially gold. That's signal. Now we can dig deeper. We invest more time, energy, and resources only when we get the beep. Solve for resonance first. Do you get a small number of people reacting in big ways? Because if so, I know that's not final success, but that's a good signal. You're on the path towards it. Worry about reach later. Solve for resonance first. If you get no signal, if you get no beep, stop. Now it's a judgment call. Using your intuition, does your work fail to resonate because you haven't found the right people? Did it fail to resonate because you didn't articulate your ideas to these right people in a way that they could understand? Or did it fail to resonate because it's just the wrong idea? Don't immediately kill the work if you get no response. Interrogate the work. If you feel in your bones it's the right idea, pursue it. But tweak it, either where you show up in front of new people or explain to others that what you see is what they want. Change how you articulate things. Who is it for? What is it for? How will you know if it's working? Ask those three questions to help yourself contextualize what quality means. And then adopt two habits. Number one, practice your craft. And number two, engage with your audience. Practicing your craft means you have a personal project where you ship and explore and test, where you tinker purely for your own benefits. You don't care about the results or the metrics. It's where you apply things in your head, whether that's the thinking and articulation, so you're trying to write and think at the same time, or it's a technique or a new direction that you need to work out. Your practice can be 10 minutes a week, every week, but it has to persist. That's the practice, repetition, reflection, and reinvention over time. So the habit you should first develop is to practice your craft. Secondly, engage with your audience. Participate before you promote. Actually, actively participate in your community. Add value before you expect any in return and all the other popular maxims that sound like talk to your audience. But even more than that, understand their pain and their problems. Don't ask for their ideas. That's your job to come up with the ideas. You're the visionary. You're the leader. You're the maker of things that move people. Instead, ask what's broken and what they've tried to do to fix it. Ask what their goals are and what feels hard. Then, judge for yourself whether there's something better that you can offer. They might tell you what they want, but as a leader, you should figure out what they need. So, if you know who it's for, what it's for, and how you'll tell if it's working, and you consistently practice your craft and engage with your audience, then you'll almost certainly understand what quality means. You'll almost certainly create a situation where you can create what you like the way you like it. Because if you don't like the answers to those questions or who you're meeting when you engage with your audience, then I'm begging you, pick a different audience. Don't do what works. Do what you like because you have to live with the audience that you get. Content has consequences. Define quality in your specific context and pursue it. Pick your audience. Pick your future. 
Thanks for listening. This episode was written and edited by me with production support from Alana Nevins. If you're trying to become a better storyteller, wherever you show up so that you resonate more deeply with others, consider the following three projects of mine to get better. First, my free newsletter. It's called Playing Favorites, and every other week I send a new idea to help you connect with others more deeply. Second, my coaching. This is where I work one-to-one with you, either in an ongoing, very integrated way, or in things as lightweight as one-off calls, which you can book a la carte, or Voxer-only audio memos. I have different packages for different people, working one-to-one with clients to develop their podcasts, public speaking, overall practices. Wherever my clients show up, I'm helping them and can help you become better storytellers. And then there's the membership that I run, The Creator Kitchen. This is for ongoing support, direction, accountability, and flow, and even behind-the-scenes videos in how I create all of my work. You can learn more about my newsletter, my coaching, and the membership at jayacunzo.com. I'm back in two weeks with a brand new episode of the show. Until then, keep making what matters. See ya.